Welcome to the Immeasurable Podcast at the Krishnamurti Center in Ojai, California. This series reflects upon Krishnamurti's work and how it directly impacts the listener. The invitation is to inquire together into the fundamental nature of our existence. This is the eighth small group discussion with J. Krishnamurti in Malibu, California, 1970. When one becomes aware of it, fear, what, how does one, what does one do with it? Or what is there to be done? Please let us, don't let me carry on alone. To, to understand the fear, I have to be afraid now. No, sir. No, no. Don't, don't reduce to such. <laughs> Fear, sir. Physical danger, physical illness, and the pain of it, and the recurring of that pain. Fear of death. Fear of loneliness. Fear of not being able to fulfill. Fear of not being loved, fear of complete isolation, loneliness, fear of not having anything to depend upon. You know, the various types of fears one has from the most neurotic to the most neurotically, neurotically sublime. Now, what is one to do? Will the understanding of the cause of that fear of fear, not of any particular fear, but of fear, absolve the fear, dissipate it? Uh, one knows the cause of fear as loneliness, not have, having anything to depend upon, belief, person, or things. Knowing the cause, knowing all the intricacies, all the explanations, all the descriptions, will that somehow get rid of fear? Won't you join me in this, or am I to carry on by myself? <laughs> when, you see, when you see yourself in that fear, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you see, you understand, you, you feel it, you see it. And isn't that moment where it, it just isn't anymore if you can, can act from that act, that, that thing, that if you do not act, you react, you see it. <coughs> And you just go 
life isn't going to do about fear more important than the fear itself. Fear itself is more important than what you do about fear. Hmm? They said the reverse. They said the reverse. All right. Well, all right, sir, you've explained all these things, then what? When I leave this room, I'm still afraid. It has me by the throat. And I would like to be entirely be free of it, completely, so that it never touches the mind. So can we? How is that to be done? Does one really want to do this? To be entirely free of fear? Or is fear a, a sustaining element in our life? Belief, obviously, is the result of fear. Belief in so many things. And knowing the danger of belief, we cling to it, though it breeds fear. So does one really understand the nature of belief and then with it fear goes? Which means the mind becomes more mind is freed from the things that are causing fear. That's one problem. Then the other is, is it to be done? slowly, analytically, taking time, day after day, cutting the, peeling off the layers of fear, or must it be done in, at once, totally, completely? I don't know if I'm making myself clear. I, I can't see that there isn't preparation before seeing it completely, totally. Uh, no, sir, I know this is the good old business of preparation, right. training, uh, discipline. Wait, we're going to go into all that presently. But let us see the question involved in this, the question itself. Can fear give you confidence to act? No, I'm, please, one is afraid. Fear caused by belief because I hold on to a particular form of a concept, formula, ideation, which is very gratifying, gives me vitality, gives me something to lean on, 
my wife, my husband, my house, my belief, my God, my religion, my you know, knowledge, and so on, so on. And that the very leaning on it, depending on it, sustains fear. So that's one question. Do I really, does the mind really want to be free of belief? And therefore, awaken fear. Bring it out. Not wait for it to come bit by bit. Then the other thing involved is, is this to be done gradually, little by little, which is prepare. Prepare to meet fear totally, to understand it completely. Eyes that have been trained, prepared, disciplined, made attentive, alert, aware, All that implies time. Or is it to be, is the mind to, to put, put aside all that? For me, all that is fallacy and face the whole thing. Through one belief, I can see the whole structure of all belief, all concepts, all formulas, all dependence on organizations, psychologically. So, one knows fairly well the cause of fear, which is dependence, and therefore lack of love. When, I, when the mind depends on somebody or on some belief, love is absent, obviously, and it breeds fear. Now, is the mind capable of being free of belief, opinion, judgment, concepts, formulas, which divide, as we were saying yesterday, which divide and therefore conflict and therefore fear and all the rest of it. Does one really, does the mind, each one's mind, does it say, I'm, it must be? Do we go that far? When you see the fallacy of any one of these things... Do you, not when, sir, do you see it? No, don't let's theorize about it. I want to leave this morning, when I leave this room, I want to be free of fear, <laughs> forever. It won't touch the mind, otherwise it's not worth it. You follow? So how, how is that to be done? 
Haven't you gone for preparation? No, 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 cut me out. No, no, I don't think that works that way. Preparation, do you know what it means? So do listen to it. Preparation, preparation implies time, right? Gradually prepare to face fear, to no. face loneliness. No. To fa- then what are you preparing? It's, I see it as a matter of, of acquiring a tool. And not, I, I mean, don't look, sir, to see look, the, look see at it through the practice. Look at your own difficulty. Who is, who is the entity that is acquiring the two? It is thought, obviously. Thought sharpened. Our thought is dull. Accepts things, they say, yes, I know. Fear is caused by belief and formulas, ideations, divisions. So <laughs> it is inevitable, it's part of our instinct, part of our culture, part of our society, part of our religion, and we've got into the habit of it. And so the mind, being rather dull, says, accepts it. And you say to sharpen dullness needs time. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, come on, sir. Growth needs time. What, sir? Growth needs time. Growth needs time. Baby, up to manhood, and all the rest of time. Does, is there such thing as time in the field of psychology, in the, in the psyche? Psychologically, is there time at all? You see that? And is this a question of growth? Huh? And is this a question of growth? Of growth, of course. Is growth involved? What is it that is growing? Huh? (laughs) Thought. Look, sir, can thought grow? Thought being the past, response of the past. You can strengthen the past and strengthen thought, not make it grow. Is there such thing as growth? (laughs) I have seen people grow progressively less fearful in a marked way but I personally have never seen people instantaneously. We're going to find out, sir. Either we have a door, either we open the door, the door remains closed. We want, sir? Either the door is closed or it's open, never in between. Isn't the word root here a concept and therefore implies comparison? Look, sir, we have accepted growth as a means of getting rid of fear. Hmm? Slowly, you know, the whole traditional thing. In that acceptance, in the idea of growth, time, what is it that is growing? Excuse me, thought, which is the problem to begin with. 
I don't look what is growing. What is it that we have accepted as inevitable that you should grow slowly, get rid of fear? The center from which fear. Is. I, I, you find out, sir. Look at it. Find out. The accumulation of experience. Experience, accumulation of experience. Man has fought wars for the last five thousand years, and is still going on. Experience must have taught the poor chap not to kill by now, but he goes on killing. No, you're, you're not. We're not facing the issue. Look, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of being completely lonely. I'm afraid of not being loved. Not being famous, not being uh, somebody in this world, and so on, afraid. And am I to get rid of it? Is the mind to be free of it slowly? Is that ever possible? Which means I must have time. From here to there, there being when the mind is free of fear. Now, what happens in that interval between now and tomorrow? What happens there? Now, do watch it. So, what happens? Can you not examine it to stay with it? To look no, at no, no. Do look at this simple phenomenon, sir. What happens when, between now, when I am afraid, when the mind is afraid, till when it is not going to be afraid through time, grow, evolve? Do listen, look at the facts, sir. Don't speculate on it. What happens if I think I'll be happy in two weeks' time? Huh? <laughs> do look at it, sir. Don't do look at the fact. I am violent, and eventually, slowly, gradually, I'll become non-violent. Violence will peter out of me. Mm-hmm. What has happened between this, between the interval, between now and then? Am I not strengthening violence? Are there not other factors entering into violence, into that? Period of time, won't I have more problems engendered by violence? No? No? All, all sorts of things intervene, and you haven't really given your attention totally to the one thing that you're. Uh, Trying to be free of. Therefore, 
why not give your whole attention to the fact of fear now, not gradually. So come on. The whole, whole idea of saying that the future as opposed to the present the is present. conflict and violence. Of course. No, sir. I want to be. F- the mind says I must be free before I when I leave this room. What are you going to do? Put that question and see what happens. Someone wants to see fear now. Huh? If one wants to, if I want to be free of it, since I want to be free of it, then I want to see it now while I'm here. See it then. Don't introduce time into the factor, into the fact. <clears throat> when you are, if you are hungry, would you say gradually I'll eat? Take time, months and years to satisfy my hunger? And fear is much more dangerous. So what will you do? What will you do when faced with this fact that when you are <laughs> leave this room, you must be f- one must be free of it completely? <clears throat> How can you undo the conditioning, say, of fifty years of fear in one split second like that? I'll show it in a minute, sir. You go on at it. You keep at it. You will since find out. If you compare it to hunger, you want to sit down and get at it right now. Do it. No, oh, that's another trick. No, I mean, a that... substitution for fear is still fear. Yes, that's why we can't get rid of it. No, no. Look, sir, look at what my, our mind does. I'm afraid. Mind is afraid. And so we say, we are used to this conditioning that it must be done gradually. It cannot be done instantly. That's one of our blocks, right? No? Yes. Now, can you get rid of that block? Can the mind brush it away? If there's the urgency. Isn't it an urgent thing, this? No. It hurts a lot, but not. Why isn't it urgent, sir? God knows. God knows. When you say God knows, you mean you haven't thought about it. <laughs> no, I'm not laughing. At you. I mean, you, you, it hasn't. I haven't thought about the mess in the world. No, no, we say that, sir, and we go back to it. No, we see that it's, uh, it's mathematically impossible. 
And that means analysis is out. Everything. And I know, look at it, sir. Time means analysis. Analysis means time. Of course, both. So the, the mind has rejected completely analysis and has rejected completely the cause. Faith is formula, all the rest of it. No, wait, sir, do it, sir. Let's. So, is, is the mind that is now here operating free without substituting another cause, another escape? The idea of analysis. Analysis implies the analyzer and the analyzed. Analysis implies a constant examination, and each examination, analysis, must be complete. Otherwise, you carry over something which is going to interrupt, interpret the next analysis. All that involves time, Tr terrific danger. Do, does one see that? And the seeing of it, will it take time? I wonder why we accept time at all. Apart from the chronological time, time by the watch, yesterday, today and tomorrow, why we accept time at all? Is it part of laziness, indolence? Part of this terrible indifference? which accepts puts up with and so on it also extends the power of of our egos which gives us the illusion yes sir of the yes so what is is time analysis out of your system altogether And if you find the cause of fear, will that rid of will that free the mind of fear? 
Fear and duration. Fear? In duration. In duration? Yes, the little ones will be kind. Of course. Enough for yourself. Let's say, when you said, no, in this room right now, I experience fear. Now, if the fear, this process of fear, if I let it happen all the way through until it's completely, uh, let us say, the experience completely happens. Yes. And I devote myself to, totally to it. Without bringing in the future into it. In other words, uh, I'll, I'll handle this part of it tomorrow. Is that what you think? Like, the total fear or whatever I'm afraid of right now, I, I let myself right open and let it happen. And when I leave the room, I cannot carry this part of what is taking place outside. Yes, sir, that's right. Why, why, why don't we do that? Why don't we, when fear arises, give complete attention to it? Because uh, we have, uh, like, for instance, as a child, we always say, do not be afraid. Or let us say, we de deny the, the, the part, the fear is part of a human experience, of this human quality that we all have. We resist Fear is something to be afraid of. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> When you're a child, you don't have that process of time as much. And I think one, one learns to use it to protect oneself from fear. A child doesn't have any, he doesn't have any fear because he has no thought at the moment of, of before. So need we, if, forgive me for reminding you, need we discuss a child when we are grown-up people? at least thinking we have grown up. Here is a problem, so do please put your teeth into this. Because I see, the mind sees the tremendous danger of fear, how it can become neurotic, pervert, you know, most destructive thing in life, fear. And we have tried so many ways to get rid of it, escape of different kinds, rationalizing it, and so on, so on, so on. And if the mind says, now, I must there must be a way of getting rid of it completely. If you apply your mind to the finding out what to do to end it completely, won't you have the energy for it? Okay. What one must do then is to be free of any cause of fear, which would be any dependency, anything at all, which, which would to have it come to depend upon for so long, whether it be money or, or anything else at all, so that 
what would imply walking out of the room with no fear at all would imply a person who was totally himself, totally with not anything that he retreated to at all. There'd be nowhere to go. To be oneself, are you saying? I should think oneself is the most dangerous fear. Well, what I meant by that, sir, is to be totally independent. It seems to me we aren't serious enough about it. Then why, sir, then why take all this trouble to come and sit here and discuss with a poor chap coming from an old part of it? Just for the fun of it? No, I mean, if we were trapped... You are trapped. And there's no other way out. You are trapped. Don't we put a lot of energy into the evasion of fear? And therefore never get any better. Of course you do. Uh, evasion is one of our first instinctual responses. That is fear. No, yeah, of course. You see, you're giving explanations. <laughs> I don't I have I can give dozen explanations, but at the end of it I've still got fear. What is to be done? I will find that any given moment there is no fear, but by giving it time we have fear. By giving it time. Obviously. Moving away from what is, the very movement from away is fear. Now, can, can the mind not move away at all? Non-verbally, verbally, you know, in any form, not move away from that. I think it can only be quiet and watch and see what happens. Oh, I don't know. I'm at this whole time by the <laughs> Time won't absorb it, time won't resolve it, finding the cause of fear won't resolve it, hmm? analysis won't get free the mind from... So what is one to do? Well, sir, it's up to you. And also there is this question, the very deep hidden fears of one is of which one is not aware. to bring all this out on the surface. Are there different fears, sir, or is there only fear? 
I think there is fear in relation to different things. It's the same fear. Same fear, of course. Because we wouldn't... How can we bring them all up? There are a million of them. No, sir. Look at the pro. You see, look at the problem involved. If we have to look for them all, no, fine. you don't have to look for them all. Look at, look at the problem. What is involved in this? How we have destroyed. You follow? Inventing all this hocus pocus. So put it on the other way. Action of fear is one thing. Hmm? And action without the mind burdened with dependency. The mind that is free from all dependency, its action is different. And the mind that is burdened with fear, its action also is different, entirely different. Hmm? Would you mind explaining? Where dependency comes into this, sir, because there are fears that have nothing to do with dependency. Yes, sir. Is there fear which is not in some form or other dependent? Self-preservation, which is enlightened intelligence, not fear physical survival, dependency. I depend hmm, on you or something psychologically. I depend because there is this sense of vast inward nakedness, hmm, of which I am afraid. I depend because, because on ideas and cleverness, because, you know, that's another form of dependence. So, uh, where there is dependency, where there is duality, me depending on something, there must be fear, obviously. If I have cancer and I feel pain next month, is that dependency? Because I know that people die with great pain. Yes. And I think this is coming my way. Is that dependency? Indeed. Subtle form. Be dependency on some idea. The doctor says you're for it. You're for it. And then if I'm not afraid, I say, all right, sir, take it out. Which means what? Look at it, go back, look at it, the whole thing. Memory of health, hmm? the time when I had no pain and now I have pain, and the idea that I might have pain for the next ten years as long as I live, 
does it not mean that I must give up all hope of saving myself psychologically in any way whatsoever? All of them. Other things. No. In any case, this inquiry makes time. So we can't even go into the question of whether fear means dependency. Because all this is time. What are we going to do about fear? Understanding that time is up. So because our mind are so conditioned hmm, that we don't see at a glance the whole structure and let it go. And therefore one has to examine the structure. The examination of the structure is not the structure. The description isn't the thing described. And we are playing with that all the time. And we have to make all that clear, so that the mind becomes sharp enough to remain with that fact of fear, so that it doesn't escape at all. Sir, aren't we examining with that same tool which is old? Naturally. Are you examining? Now, which means, sir, look at something. Are you examining or observing? No, no, this is very important. By observation, then you mean. Look at it. Are you observing the phenomena, the structure, the nature, just observing? Or are you examining? The two things are different, aren't they? At least I've, I've, they are different, for me at least. I, I observe the tree. I don't examine it. I observe the tree and see all the movement of the breeze and the leaves and you know the beauty of it and I observe. So then in observation is there no accumulation? That's what we ask, of course not. So please I'll follow it. If are we examining or observing? You examine something that's sick. You examine something that's sick. That's you right. Observe something that's moving, living, moving like a river that's moving. You're you're observing. You're on the bank and the water is going by. You're observing. Now here, what are we doing? Observing or analyzing, examining? Excuse me, sir. Uh, the, the statement there: Can't you observe something that's sick also? Of course you can. Don't let's beat around that for the moment. Jared, what are we doing, sir? Are we examining or observing? It seems to me we're examining and we should be observing. Not seems to you, sir. What are you doing? Here we have described this whole thing, examined it, explored it, analyzed it, uh, tore it to pieces in different ways, each contributing his bit. Hmm? At the end of it, are we observing this, what we have examined, or are you still examining?
which means discovering more causes, more explanations, more descriptions, um, more opinions, more ex- this spe- the knowledge of the specialists, and so on, so on, so on. We can do that indefinitely. Now, can we stop all that and observe? Now, this observation is instantaneous, isn't it? I don't know. Therefore, there is no time. I mean, if I go back to my childhood, why I'm afraid? Because my mother put me on a different pot from the old pot. (laughs) I mean, mean, there is no end to that kind of game. So, here, after examining very, very, you know, simply and very clearly, now am I observing? And therefore, my observation is completely attentive. There is no distraction, there is no perversion, no, dis- no translation, no interpretation, no seek, nothing but absolute attention to observe. And in that state, when there is complete observation that way, is there fear? Then you say, now, how am I to maintain this attention? I can do it for the moment, but when I go out, it's back, I'm lost. Now see the game we play with ourselves. When I leave, I become inattentive. Hmm? Right? Then I say to myself, how am I to make myself attentive? What discipline, what foolishness? So I'm back again. So, at the moment of inattention, observe inattention, not try to change it to something else. I don't know if you are meeting all this. And as one cannot possibly be so completely attentive all the time, hmm, but the moment there is a challenge which awakens fear, you are there. I don't know. Your whole attention is there. Therefore, be inattentive. And know you are atten- inattentive. I don't know if you are following this. <coughs> are you saying to observe whatever is going on with oneself without trying to change it, without trying to make it any different? Are you saying to observe what goes on with oneself without trying to make it different? Obviously, obviously, obviously. Sir, in a, a previous talk, you mentioned the very nature 
the mind itself, how it demands security, for example, is it not also so that the mind cannot be occupied with two things at the same time, and therefore, while it is attentive, that is where it is occupied. The mind cannot be in fear and attentive simultaneously. No, sir, not quite. No, no, sir, if I may. We have examined the nature of fear, what happens when there is fear, how we postpone, how we run away, how we get more and more entangled in things which, which sustain fear. By examining all that, uh, the mind has become alert. Hmm? And then it says, now, I will observe now. I am going to observe, not analyze anymore, examine anymore. And when the mind which has examined, observed, uh, gone, you know, explored, becomes extraordinarily sensitive, doesn't it? And therefore, very intelligent. And intelligence is this observation. And as, as the mind cannot be awake the 24 hours of the day, it has to sleep sometime. Let it sleep. But no, it is sleeping. Not so, I must sleep, I must change it to this. Now, so at the end of this hour, is fear with you? <laughs> <laughs> you said that uh, sleeping is escaping. No, that is escaping. Is that what you're saying? Sleeping? <laughs> no, sir. No, sir. Sleeping is the most marvelous thing, but we won't go into that. So, most of us are inattentive. Mm-hmm. And because we are inattentive, all the escape and the strengthening of fear comes. Because we are inattentive. The speed of attention is to examine and observe or in the very process of examination, observe. As you are examining, observe. I don't know if you... We are observing, and we have the sense we are fearful. We observe now our whole feeling and, and behavior in fear. We, 
You see, we are fearful of losing something or being found halting. We observe that. We are there, we're standing our ground, we're in it and observing it. Then the very observation is the ending of the fear. Yes, sir, but you it all depends how you observe. Not critically. Oh, no, 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 no. Ah, that's where the, the key is. If you observe with dull eyes, uh, there is nothing to observe. But if you observe with the understanding that comes with the whole you know, examination, exploration, then your eyes are clear to observe. You know, I was going to say something here, which I don't know if you want to go into it, about sleep. Huh? Would it interest you going to? <laughs> right, sir. Attention, tremendous attention to this fear. You are attentive. After, you might say, I don't like to use the word time, but as you continually pay, observe, pay tremendous attention to this, does not the it, it, it's like automatic after a while. It's it's like when you, you learn how to... Ah, no, sir. No, sir. Don't reduce it to me- mechanical thing. <laughs> it isn't a routine. It isn't something that... Mm, like a trained monkey. No, sir. It's much more subtle and beautiful than merely making it mechanical. Isn't it still within the ego? It's the attempt. Attentiveness still locks us in, though. Does the ego lock? But I'm attentive. I'm very alert and attentive at all times, but I'm, I'm still functioning. And therefore, someone, we must find out what we mean by attentive. Huh? I mean, egocentric person is also very attentive. Hmm? for his own benefits, for his own, you know. But we are talking of a different kind of attention. So what do we mean by sleep? What does sleep? What is sleep? Apart from the physical relaxation, tiredness, going to bed, having eight hours or nine hours or five hours of sleep, what is sleep? Please, sir, let us share this together. Not, don't let me just sit here and talk about it. Let's go at it together. Sort of a cleansing process, the washing of the brain cells. That's what Shakespeare said in effect. 
So suppose, unfortunately, you read about all these things. I don't. You have never read a book. You don't know anything about anything, and you're full. You're starting. Huh? What is sleep? I can't keep awake, so I sleep. Yes, I'm tired. Sleep is what you spoke about yesterday, sir. The order and the emptiness that you spoke about yesterday. Yes, sir. It's the same as sleep. Not which quite. Is silence, which is silence. No, no we're going, going to find out, sir. Don't let's bring in yet. I want to start as though, <laughs> for the first time, I want to inquire into this. Living for the day was too much for me, so I need sleep. Yes, that is. All the battle, all the noise, all the bustle, going to the office, quarrels, insults, and you know all. That's going on and on and on. The body and the brain cells get tired, and inevitably, they, it must rest. That's sleep. That's what we. What? All right. That's all right. Is there any other? Is is there any other sleep? I'm not there when I sleep. Ah, oh, wait a minute, sir. Don't say that. How do you know? On the contrary. When you dream, you are there. There's a sleep and touching. Let's have go into it. So sleep. What does it mean? Do we sleep during the day? Not go to bed. I mean. No, sir. Do we sleep during the day? The mind is quiet, uh, tired. Uh, the brain cells have been active, and say, "Please, I must be quiet." You know, relax, rest, sleep. Or is it a perpetual movement? Perpetual movement in which there is an occasional sleep. You follow what I mean? The brain and the mind are going all the time, working, 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 responding, challenging, protecting. You follow? Frightened, um, aggressive. Working, 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 and in in that in the movement of that, the body gets exhausted. Hmm? The brain cells are weary and say, "Please, I must go to bed now." Right? But the brain cells and the whole of that is still going on. Hmm? I should have thought sleep meant the end of that movement, at least for a period. The body says, "I've had enough. I'm tired out." Goes to bed, but the brain goes on at a minor key, but still goes on. 
dreams, uh, you know, restlessness, all the rest of it. Now, I would, it would be reasonable to say the mind, the brain, and the nervous system is keeping going, going, going all the time. And it is only when the brain and the mind are completely quiet that is sleep. I don't know. Huh? No, sir. No, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I'm well. We're sharing together, sir. I'm not saying anything. I'm not your guru. So, and the mind, the brain, and the nervous organism apparently is in constant movement, right? Even though the body says, leave me alone for a while, but it still goes on inside. The brain is working, hmm? the mind... I don't know if you have noticed it, before you go to bed, if if one is awake a little bit, you go over the day, don't you? You say, I should have done this, I should have done... You know, it tries to put some order. Watch it, sir. Huh? It tries to put some order. And the brain needs order, and therefore is going to create order while you are asleep. Huh? Which is a form of dream. I don't know if you... So, brain cell says, please give me order. Don't perpetually keep in disorder, movement, movement. If... I don't know if you have experimented with all this. So, at the end of the day, Consciously, one tries to put some kind of order. No? Hasn't it happened? Say, but you've gone over the day and say, I should have done this, I shouldn't have done that, it should have been put this way, I should have written the letter that way. You you know, we go through all this. That is to bring about consciously order before going to sleep. And if you don't do it, the brain is going to do it. And when you wake up next morning, you have a little more order, which becomes disorder by all the noise. So, see what is see from this extraordinary things takes place. The brain demands order. It is going to get it during the day or during the sleep. It must have order. Right, sir? Now, if during the day there is complete order, follow it, sir. Try it, do it. You'll see great fun out of this. Complete order, which means no effort. You follow? Order. Huh? Silence. Yeah. I don't want to use that. Because the silence can only come if there's order. Otherwise, I, got, the, the I don't want to use. The noise which 
So, silence, order, all right. During the day, then you sleep. What happens? Right, sir? Right? Complete? Complete rest. Total inaction, except of its own. Complete rest. No images of the mind. But it doesn't seem like it would just be... Now look, sir, complete rest. Uh, a silly mind can be completely at rest. Hmm? But it will still remain a silly mind. I don't know if you are meeting with Order. Silence is one of the most difficult things. Hmm? If during the day that, that doesn't come about, the brain cell says, please, I must have order. Haven't you? You have a problem, mathematical or psychological problem. You worry, worry for days and days, fuss around, look at it, and, and the brain works it, has been working at it. It gets very tired, and during the sleep, something takes place, and the next morning you wake up, and despite you, I see it very clearly. It has solved it. Right? Haven't it? How? How does this happen? It's so simple, so there's no mystery about it. During the day, you're worried, worried like a dog with a bowl, and at, at the end of the day, the brain says, I've had enough, tired. There's a moment of complete relaxation, rest. Then, at that moment, you see things differently. It's so, so simple. Now, I we shall go on this, please. You're, you must. If you don't share it, I'm I no fun in this. Yes, therefore, so that you're you're maintain. We are saying the same thing during the day. Effort contradiction is the produce disorder. At night there is a certain relaxation which brings about order, which again is destroyed the next day. And so this game goes on and on and on and on. And now, during the day there is order, no effort, all the rest of it. I don't know if you do it. If you can do this, you will see what happens. Then the mind, the brain goes to bed, goes to sleep. What happens? Must it have dreams anymore? And don't say no. It's a guesswork. So the mind works without anything controlling it at all. Does it work at all? Just on its own action. And I said, no, you don't. You no, I'm not expressing what I'm trying to say, but but 
because it's hard to get out because I'm not. But just like uh, things would become very clear as they become very quiet, and, and this isn't on any action on anybody making it quiet. There is no person controlling it or making the mind. So what does that mean, sir? Things would become very clear. It seems. During the day, you have done it. During the day. Yes. During the day, you have done all that. You are no longer a slave to propaganda. You follow? You are no longer, you know, all that we have discussed. All during the day, you have brought about, a mind has brought about clear order, silence, uh, no control in itself during the day by watching, listening. You follow? Attentive during the day. Then at night, when it goes to sleep, what happens? The mind is completely at rest, isn't it? Hmm? The brain cells are washed out, washed and made clean, right? Then what happens? Can you remain alert in your sleep? Huh? Can you remain alert in your sleep? That's what I'm trying to get at. The mind then is awake, not asleep. I don't know if you play with it, sir. That is real awakening, attention, which operates during the day. I'll get it. So sleep, with ordinary sleep, is inattention. And that inattention must produce more chaos in sleep, contradiction, dreams, you follow? Which is expressed during the daytime. The daytime carried over again through sleep. Now, if when there is attention during daytime, in the sense we are using the word attention, then sleep is complete attention. Right? I don't know. Then sleep is a state of heightened awakening, uh, heightened, what's the word? Hmm? Heightened awake, uh, wakefulness. And therefore, the ma- that wakeful state in sleep can touch things which no... Uh, during the day it cannot touch. I wonder if you're getting what I'm doing. If the brain doesn't have to deal with the residue of the day, uh, it is then free, as it were. That's right. To be uh, open on some other level, or in some other level. That's right. You see, you know, it's like, oh, and you interest you all this. You see, mystery, we invent a mystery. I don't, right? You follow? And 
uh, all the mystery of the gods and the you know fairy tales and all that is a form of mystery in a life that is completely disorderly. Hmm? And therefore that mystery is an escape. I don't know if you're... Hmm? Now, when the mind has put order during the day, has order, the beauty of order, the feeling of order, and silence, and no effort, then when it sleeps, there is this strange attention, hmm? which is non, which is without motive, without compulsion, without any contradiction, without any duality. You follow? Inattention, attention. It is completely attentive while it's asleep. What is the mind attending to while it is asleep? It is not attending to anything. I <laughs> know, sir, you don't see the beauty of it. Then, like water, sir, water is water. Hmm? Put it into any any vase, into anything, it still remains water. The same thing with the mind. We have so destroyed it. Now, go further into it. In that attentive, sleep, full state, <laughs> the mind is uncontaminated, hmm? is in a state of complete innocence in the sense of a mind that is not being able to be hurt. I don't know. And I know this is very important to see this, because innocence is that. The word innocent means um, that which cannot be hurt. That which does not know. Does not know hurt. Hmm? During the daytime, the mind is either resisting not to be hurt, or says, I am not hurt, is still doing all that, and therefore its order is still very limited. I don't know if you are following all this. And there, in sleep, attention is not attentive of something or about something, it is completely awake. Now, in in that state there is meditation. Is all this Greek? I don't know why not. Why is it? No, sir, because it's terribly serious. This you follow. Sounds like fun. Can you have it as fun rather than serious? It's fun, sir. This is the greatest joy in life. All that rest, going to cinema, sex, and everything else becomes secondary. (laughs) (laughs) Because this, you see, you touch something which is untouchable by a mind 
that, that is observing itself as it were in a mirror. There is nothing to observe. Ah, that's so to discover that. Is it that in the day your mind has an identity and at night it has not? Yeah, during the day there is the me, which is trying to put order in the disorder which it has created. Therefore, its order is still disorder. Until that is put in order, in the sense of order which is not put by, brought about by thought, but by observation, which went into all that. Then there is, when that takes place during the waking hours, you know, order, mathematics, you know, not a fraction of disorder. which means no effort at all, at any level, at any time, and therefore contradiction, all the rest of it. So, in the mind has, when there is order in the, when the wakeful hours, and when the body, when there is sleep, the mind then has a, is attentive, because it's so empty, it is attentive. And in that attention, it can touch, move, or something which here it cannot do. Therefore, sleep is important. I, I wonder if I'm... Could you go on with, you touched on mystery, could you go on with that? Mystery. This is mystery. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> this is the greatest mystery. What then is the difference between the, the empty mind in sleep and the empty mind and wakefulness? Is it that the empty so, have you ever closed your eyes and sat very quiet or lay very quiet, having nothing to look at? Not even your thought. Have you? The mind looking at itself without any movement of thought. Without that. You know, all this implies, sir. Uh, it isn't a game, it isn't an entertainment, it's a tremendous discipline, this. Not discipline of conformity, suppression, obedience, somebody tell you to do this, but in itself there is tremendous watchfulness which brings its own order, both physical and psychological. And without that, just to, you know, play around with all the other stuff is no meaning. The night, describing, give us 
will guide toward the attentiveness of the day. Yes, sir. I don't know, sir, if you know, functioning from a centre and functioning without a centre. One is creative, one is not. What is the time, sir? Isn't it time enough? Because one could go on talking about this, it's really quite. I can't tell you how extraordinarily fascinating it is, and therefore tremendous joy in this, which is nothing to do with pleasure. Oh God, yes, nothing to do with pleasure. The Immeasurable Podcast is a project of the Krishnamurti Center, funded by the Krishnamurti Foundation of America. For information on our online community, programs, and how to support this work, please visit kfa.org.